We are praying for people at the end of, after we take a quick look at the word tonight, when we call people up to pray, uh, Manchester United supporters, if you could go. That'll be happening just after seven. That's terrible, I'm sorry. Few of the Liverpool supporters have said to me, you can't say anything negative about Liverpool after the 1-7-0. Do you want to bet? <laughs> Even a broken clock is right twice in a day. Uh, we are looking, working our way through the Gospel of Matthew. And uh, the Gospel of Matthew has one theme. His name is Jesus. And in every aspect of, of uh what Matthew writes about is talking about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. And as we come to chapter 8 in Matthew, he says that there is quite a lot of chapter 8 that is dedicated to Jesus healing people. Um, I shared last week that Jesus was moving from a ministry of words with authority uh, when he spoke the chapters 5 to 7, the Sermon on the Mount, there's some people that you will have all heard of and stuff, moving to the demonstration of our power through miracles, that Jesus wasn't just a word man, he wasn't just coming to say uh, nice things, kind things, he was coming uh, to speak words that changed people's lives, but also back that up with miracles that made a difference in people's lives. And in the first 16 verses of chapter 8, uh, we see Jesus heal a man from leprosy, um, he then heals a centurion servant from a distance, commending the centurion's faith, which is a story we're going to look at next Sunday morning. And in the passage that we're going to read, uh, he healed Peter's mother-in-law, and then he drove out evil spirits, and he healed all the sick. So there were just some verses here, just from Matthew 8, that we're going to read. And when Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her and she got up and began to wait on him. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. There is a word that has run through these first seven and a half chapters, uh, uh, sorry, eight chapters as we come to this of Matthew and it's that word fulfillment. Uh, that Jesus Christ is the fulfiller and the fulfillment of all God's promises. Uh, that where he is mentioned in the Old Testament, he is fulfilled in the New Testament. That Jesus didn't come by chance, by coincidence. Uh, God just thought maybe it'd be a good idea to pop him in here uh, in, in the Middle East uh, 2,000 years ago. And, and maybe that will solve some of the problems. Uh, the, this was a plan that God had God always has a plan and that word fulfillment runs right through uh, the book of Matthew when we see it here there that Isaiah as he wrote it in the Old Testament it says Matthew writes then he says this is to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah this was this has come to be true because of who Jesus is and what Jesus uh, has done an important question for us as a church and sometimes I'm asked by people 
as to what we believe as far as God healing people today is concerned. You know, we will all have experiences, whether we've seen uh, stuff on the TV, on the God channel, or whether through other churches, and that of, 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 of do, do we still believe that God heals today? Is that something that he's uh, doing? And it's the first question that we've got here, which we'll try and answer. But then following on from that, because the difficulty that a lot of people have will be the next question, which is this, which is why do some people get healed and not others? Why is it that, that some people get healed and, and not other people get healed? Is there, is there some special formula that, that needs to be used? Is there something that needs to happen for some people to get healed and not others? Again, a difficult, challenging question, which is, well, why doesn't God just heal the children? Why, why, why should they be sick? Why, why should they have uh, the disease? Why, why should they be ill? Why doesn't God just heal all the children? If he's a compassionate God, and somebody has uh, said this a couple of people over the time and said, you know, I could believe in God if he just healed the children. You know, if it wasn't that the, the kids just, you know, the children that were maybe terminally ill and they, 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 they died, he said, why didn't God just heal them? I and mean, it's a real question, isn't it? It's a, it's a proper question. And, and, you know, we can give the theology and all of that and stuff but it doesn't help when people are sitting in front of you and they have lost a loved one a young one uh, and stuff and they ask that question he says well why doesn't God just heal all the all the children and maybe another question that, that we can relate to is is this well I prayed you know had faith uh, and believed but still nothing as people look at the formula of prayer then and they say well if I just do this because the Bible does teach in places that, that we're, we're to pray but not only to pray we're to have faith we're, we're to believe but still nothing what do we do when that happens you know surely that should be the formula we put into place often people have explained it this way if you take all the ingredients to bake a cake and you put them all in a bowl and you mix them up and you put them in the oven and the cake comes out the oven and people often think well that's the way prayer should be shouldn't it that, that I prayed and I've had faith and I've believed I've got the ingredients right all in the same place but nothing God, God has not healed me. And those probably uh, four questions, probably be the four questions maybe that people would look at when it comes to healing. And, and you know, we're often put off believing God is still healing people because maybe of our experience, as I've said, maybe we see something on the God TV channels or something else and, and, and everybody seems to be getting healed, you know. It said, you know, if you watch some preachers, everybody gets healed. You know, everybody gets up and walks out of the wheelchairs. You know, I did some stuff for research for this and watched somebody and it was incredible. He just had wheelchairs lined up on the, 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 the stage, the platform that he was preaching at, and he seemed like everybody was getting healed and I thought well how come he's got that and stuff or or was there other people that they'd just done it the camera trickery in a sense by only showing people maybe you had got healed and got up out of the the wheelchair and stuff and a lot of this can sometimes be uh, confusing you know I know you know at times I remember being a very young Christian uh, way back in uh, the, the mid 90s uh, you know and going to see a particular healing evangelist in the Birmingham uh, the NEC and I can remember being you know and I, I hadn't been saved very long and stuff so when you're not saved very long you'll go and hear anybody preach you'll even come and hear me preach you know and uh, and I remember going to hear this guy and I remember getting the envelope that said if I put money in the envelope 
and I put it in the offering bucket, you know, those in my family who are sick will get healed. Not that they were praying for them, but they will get healed. And, you know, I knew there was a catch straight away because it meant me parting with money. And you know what I'm like when it comes to parting with money, you know. So I knew that. But we've all had that experience sometimes, and that sometimes can, can, can put us off. Or at times we're put off because we pray and pray for God to heal us, and he doesn't. And we wonder if it's that thorn in my flesh that Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians 12 verse 7. You know, that that's actually the thing that we, we, we're to live with. You know, that, that actually the Apostle Paul didn't get healed. And we don't know where that, you know, what that thorn in the flesh was. Was it something physical? Was it something spiritual? Was it, we, we just don't know. But, you know, people, believers will read that and say, well, that's the thorn in the flesh that I've got to live with. Or maybe we're not healed because people, you know, we'll say, well, I've unconfessed sin, or maybe I have a lack of faith, or another obscure reason that we have that we attach to healing sometimes. You know, I remember sitting with somebody and actually heartbroken they were because they didn't believe that God was going to heal them of a particular issue in their life because they had some unconfessed sin, you know. And, and, and this had gone on for a while. This had gone on for a couple of years. They were heartbroken and trying to explain to them that said, you know, when we bring our sin to the cross, we're forgiven of it as well. And it's often not stuff that, that we sometimes attach and say, oh, it must be something hidden and deep down that we're not getting out. And this person believed that God wasn't healing them for for this reason and often there were the very obscure reasons as to why people believe you know that we don't get healed or you know it, it, or we ask a question this and I probably answer this that God is interested in every aspect of our lives but really is God interested that I have a cold I do have a cold at the moment but you know that's okay thank you uh, so you can pray for me at the end all right so I have a cold and you know, is God really interested in that? Would, would God, in a sense, be a little bit like me with a common sense? Uh, we'll turn around, you get a cold, there's lemsip in the cupboard, you're going to take a lemsip, and that would make you better from the cold. Or, or people look at it and say, well, should I do that? Or some people say, well, I'm just waiting on God healing me. You know, I put everything off, going to the doctors and, and taking medicine. Or, or for, and you meet people like this for all sorts of obscure reasons who will turn around and say, you know, I'm not going to take the medicine or the treatment or go to the doctors and do all of this. You know, because I believe God's going to heal me. Uh, and, and yet probably, I, I certainly believe that my opinion is simply, and you will hear me said this many, many times, whether by medicine or by miracle, that God can touch us and, and, and heal us. You know, when we get into some dangerous situations and again, the experience with people and uh, I, I remember in, in the old church in Bessan, a young lady who had epilepsy and she'd been to this Saturday night meeting and the preacher had prayed over and said, you're healed from this, you don't need to take your tablets anymore. <gasps> and of course, horrified at that thought because she, she obviously, you knew what happened, she took a fit you know, and, and she took a couple of fits in, in, in church and, and one after church down at the bottom of the steps. But said, and when we asked her, that was the reason that she gave. She said, uh, oh, well, I went to a meeting and the preacher preached and he prayed for me. And he said, you know, he, he said I didn't need to take my medication anymore because God uh, uh, had healed me. I remember sitting to her, chatting with her and telling her that it's just, you know, it's not a lack of faith 
for me to turn around and say, let the doctor be the one to decide that. Yeah, you'll be amazed how many Christians would turn around and say, what a lack of faith that is. There it's not. I said, when I read the Bible, I look at it and think that God works hand in hand with faith and wisdom. You know, and we must do that as well and stuff, you know. That, hey, listen, if God has healed her and the doctor says, listen, th this is gone, you no longer have it. Well, he praised her, God, because of that. But I, I'm not a doctor. I can't tell you and uh, no point if you come out for prayer at the end tonight and you're taking medication. Well, any of the elders turn around and say to you, as a step of faith, you need to stop taking your medication because you're responsible. And none of the elders in this church are irresponsible. And so we look at these things and we see the experience sometimes that the people have. And yet it's so important for us to understand now that when we look at this subject, we've got to understand what the Bible says about it. Because, you know, in the Gospels and the Acts, there are 37 accounts of healing. It says there were 10 that are in a crowd, there were 12 in small groups, there were 15 in private settings. And all the way through the stories in the Gospels, we see Jesus healing people. Uh, and, and so he focused three things on three things on his journey to the cross. And we looked at this earlier when it said that Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and sickness among the people. And so we see the three things that Jesus did. And then he commanded his, his, his uh, disciples, the apostles to do. Afterwards, he taught God's word. He preached repentance and he healed the sick and so we come to this point and say well listen this mattered to Jesus this this was important to him and it should be important to the church but we've got to have the right perspective on it we've got to know the, the what are we responsible for uh, I often say this to people I said listen I'm not responsible if people don't get saved uh, and the likewise with that I'm not responsible if people don't get healed either and that, that's, that's really the truth of it. It says, but we do have a responsibility and it's to pray for people who are unwell. That, that's what we are to do as the church, as believers. That's our responsibility to pray for people uh, who are sick. You know, God's plan in, of redemption in Jesus was, was this. For sin, God provides forgiveness. For death, God provides eternal life. But for sickness, God provides healing. Because we've got to look at it and say that if we're sick, if we're, if, if we're something that's wrong with us, with a physical ailment, it says it can affect us in our life. But we ask the next question, which is, well, does God want to heal everybody? I mean, do, does he want to heal everybody? I mean, you know what I would love tonight when we come and pray for people at the end? I would love it that God healed everybody. I mean, that would be our prayer, and that will be our prayer, that the God, would you touch this person? Would you heal this person but then we've got to do this as well it says we have to put these things into the hands of God and say I don't know what the will of God is for somebody's life I don't know what he has and the danger we have as believers is when we preach that message that everybody should get healed that whatever disease or sickness there is everybody should be healed of that I'm not sure that's the proper way to approach this I think the proper way for us to approach this is that we are believing for God to heal he says, but ultimately it is up to God whether he heals or not. Because the, the statement that we come to is this. He says, can God heal? Yes. Will God heal? We don't know. We don't know. 
And, and we, we have the faith and the belief and the trust in God that he would touch and pray and heal everybody. And what we do here, he says, when we're called to go and pray for people, whether in hospital, the hospice, whether people are on the last days of their life, he says, our responsibility is to pray for healing, to believe that, that God's will would be done. Now, I can't tell you what God's will is for, for your life, for your life. I can tell you some stuff because we read it in scripture about what God wants to do in somebody's life. But I don't know if God will heal somebody. But I have a responsibility not to decide whether he will, but to pray as though he will, if that makes sense. To keep praying and believing that God will heal somebody if you're with an ailment if you're sick if you're suffering emotionally if there's something that you have physical mental you know God's will concerning healing is really revealed in four ways in scripture the first one is this is God's own pronouncement in Exodus 15 he gets the Egyptians together uh, and stuff and he simply tells them listen if you pay attention to my commands and you do the right things he says I'm not bringing on you any of the diseases that have been brought on by the Egyptians what they did but God simply makes his statement as a pronouncement he says I am the God that heals he says that's it that's his statement he says I am the God that heals he said so when we look at that and we pray that prayer we look at it and say we can trust that he is a God that heals he's a, he, we can bring the stuff that we are dealing with to him believing that he can touch people and heal people but the second thing we see here is simply, is simply this as we come to this and all the way through the Old Testament you know God promised health and healing for his people if they remain faithful to his covenant and his commands he simply said I'm not bringing any diseases or judgment in a sense that he brought on the Egyptian it was important for God in a sense to keep his people well to keep his people healthy uh, do you get the Hebrew you get the Hebrew word for doctor from the same word as simply heal that, that that's the word that it means you know when we go to the doctor you know there is a purpose for us going there you know none of us ever go into the doctor and it's very hard to get an appointment now I know but it was, uh, you know you go to the doctor and you turn around and say you know you, he asks you he says the first question I'll ask you is how can I help you what's wrong none of us ever sit there and go actually nothing there's nothing wrong with me he said there's, I know there's a lot wrong with me but there's nothing wrong with me he says, he would then turn around and say, well, what are you doing here? And I said, well, well, you know, just want to see how you're doing. You're a busy man. You know, you're a doctor, you know what I mean? A lot of pressure on you and stuff, you know. He says, you've got to be very clever to be a doctor, don't you? Very, very clever and all this. And he says, you're sitting there. The doctor would boot me out of the office straight away. Why? Because he's not interested in that. You know, when he goes, the first question he says, you know, he says, what, you know, what's wrong with you? And I say, well, well we've got a pain and you're pain somewhere. Uh, and you know then he'll he'll ask more questions to diagnose it and you know to say well you know what does it hurt if I do this or does it hurt if I do that or he says you know if you, you banged your head you've done something you know you, you know something he asks all these questions to try and find out what's wrong and that's what a doctor does and, and yet God knows in a sense each and everything about us you know and even in the Old Testament he says uh, you know he says praise the Lord my soul and forget not all his benefits he says he forgives your sins and he heals your diseases would be enough for him to say he forgives your sins that would be enough 
But he doesn't. He said he forgives your sins and he heals all your diseases. Uh, and, that. and so we see there that this is God's own pronouncement here of who he is. I mean, we see individuals healed in the Old Testament. If you ever read the story of Hezekiah in 2 Kings verse 20, he was ill, he was at the point of death. Isaiah uh, came to him and said, yeah, basically, that's it, you're going to die. Who wants a word of encouragement like that? He says, you're going you're to die. Hezekiah prayed. And God answered his prayers and he gave him another 15 years. But it says after God had spoken, it is recorded, they were told to prepare a poultice, a fix. Uh, they did and they applied this to the boil and Hezekiah recovered. You know, and it taught three quick things that we, we just see. It's prayer in the face of illness, even terminal illness, is never inappropriate. It should be part of the journey that we're on when we come to pray for people because we don't ever know what God is going to do and so we pray for healing we pray for the salvation of people and don't give up after the first time we pray for the healing of people the second thing we see is that poultice of figs supports the use of medicine uh, and because of that he said well look do this God didn't heal him of his boil you know he said well do this apply this uh, what that teaches us is this is whether by medicine or miracle or both uh, God is still the healer which is the truth of it that God is still the healer there are a billion things going on and yet we see God touch people's lives and heal them and sometimes we see him heal one person but not another person we don't always understand why we can't give people the answers to that but we do know that God is in control and we see then with the ministry of Jesus quickly which we've looked at already but then the ongoing ministry of the church you know Jesus commissioned the disciples to heal the sick as part of their proclamation of God's kingdom that, that actually they weren't just to speak with words of authority but there was to be a demonstration of power as well and church we must never lose sight of that demonstration of power and the demonstration of power is simply sometimes coming and praying and believing and standing with people who are sick who are unwell and praying and believing that God can touch them there is no power within ourselves there is nothing special about the people that pray other than being obedient to what God has called them to do which is to simply pray uh, for the sick and we see that all the way through and so skip through really to uh, to, to the end here and stuff we have to look at it because we, we looked at it that it spoke there about as Jesus come, came it says it spoke about by his wounds we are healed and there was something important for us to understand that we know that, that Jesus Christ came and he brought with him the forgiveness of sins and with that people believe that there is healing in the atonement there's healing in what Jesus Christ did on the cross but not everybody gets healed not everybody gets healed here not everybody gets healed here there are some people that have to carry the most awful sicknesses and illnesses through their life and in that weakness in their struggle and their sickness God's power is best displayed he says it would be wonderful if God just healed everybody but I think God is in the business of working through our sickness and working through the things sometimes that are wrong with us the things that are happening to us God is at work so we cannot turn around and say everybody gets healed they don't get healed no one day we will actually one day there'll be a day and it says when we will be absent from this body 
the bits that we don't like, the bits that snap, crackle and pop in the morning when we go out of bed, those bits that we realise, I'm not 20 anymore, can't run around the football pits like I do without having a heart attack. He says, and as we get older, in a sense, we look at this and we say to ourselves, hey, our bodies, uh, you know, they're, they're, they are deteriorating, in a sense. A bit of good news for you there. But the best news is this, is that one day we'll get a new body. One day we'll be in the presence of God. And it tells us in Revelation 21, verse 4, there'll be no more sickness, no more pain, and no more death. He will wipe every tear from our eye. And you see, when we look at that and we, we apply that to our lives, we look at it and say to ourselves, I might not get what I think I should get here, but I know by faith I will get what God has for me after I move on from this life. But that doesn't stop us praying for healing. It doesn't stop us praying for people, asking God to heal people, because that's our responsibility. That's what we're supposed to do. And as I said, we have no power in ourselves, but there, there is a verse that tells us in James 5, as we just move on here because of time, because we want to pray for people. Uh, and it says this in, in James 5. It says this. It says, Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them, and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. And as I read this, and we invite people to come to pray, I want you to understand our responsibility. Our responsibility is to pray, and to offer that prayer up in faith, and we will do that. And you see, the responsibility of God and what he will do is this, is that he will make the sick person well and he will raise them up. But that's what he does. That's not what we do. There is nothing that we can do there. We will do our bit. And church, I know you will join us as we pray for the people who are unwell. But the truth of it is this, our responsibility is here and we want to pray for people and I'm just going to invite the team to come up we're just going to take a moment to pray and then I'm going to just simply invite people to come out to the frontier we took a step of faith earlier me and Stevie Francie in move, removing the front row because we thought there'll be so many people that want to come out and get prayer and that's what we're believing for and simply you're not coming out to get prayer because the elders of this church are amazing men full of power. They're amazing men, but they're not full of any special power other than they believe this verse, like I believe this verse, like we believe the responsibility of this, which is to pray for those who are sick and offer that prayer up in faith, and then it's the Lord who will make the sick person well, and the Lord will raise them up. And listen, that sickness could look like any sort of difference it could be something you're struggling with emotionally it could be something you're struggling with mentally it could be something you're struggling with physically it could be something that you're struggling with and it's for somebody else and you just want to stand in the gap for them tonight hey that's okay god is a big god he can do all of that together so i wonder if we would just bow our head and close our eyes just for a second just as the team begin to play and father god we come before you tonight Father, in the short time that we've had, we've just really sort of come and tried to explain a little bit, Lord, of, of what you do. And we believe that, Lord, you are a healer. 
interested in every aspect of the lives of every single person in this church tonight. And even if somebody else doesn't know anything about what is going on in people's lives, you do. And Father, we believe that there are some people here tonight because we've been called to do this as a church to pray for people. And we believe this is the night that, Lord, you are going to heal them, that you are going to touch them, the God, that you are going to do a work in their life. And all the glory will go to you because we have no power in ourselves other than just praying for the sick by faith and it is you who make the sick well and you will raise them up 